Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the worship service of the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, for this Sunday, January 3rd, 2021. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. We hope you have had a blessed holiday, that you have stayed safe and healthy, and found ways to connect to family and friends that are appropriate to our pandemic guidelines that safeguard us all. May this upcoming year see us all getting the better of this virus and establishing healthy ways to get back into community with one another. Our staff and tech personnel are having a break this Sunday, so our worship service has been provided by the leadership of our California Pacific Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. It promises to be excellent. We hope you find it so. Pastor Rachel and I will be back with you next Sunday as we begin our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. We'll begin with a look at the Beatitudes. Until then, blessings upon you all and your loved ones. The conference's worship will begin in just a moment. Welcome to this special California Pacific Conference service of praise and worship. Today, some 350 churches around the conference are sharing in this virtual worship service that brings together the gifts and witnesses of laity and clergy from every district. Our thanks to the musicians, the liturgists, and the preachers who have joined together in this great cloud of witnesses who give thanks for the new life and hope the world received in the birth of the Christ child. Let us be in the spirit of worship as we receive the morning prelude, an original arrangement by Jimmy Patton and Adam Ferreira from Vista United Methodist Church, Reverend Dr. Leanne Shaw, lead pastor. This will be followed by a moment of reflective reading and silent meditation, leading to the opening prayer of invocation by Reverend Ruben Torres of the Spanish Language Ministry at First United Methodist Church in Escondido, and an opening song by Michael Morgan, a member of the First United Methodist Church of San Diego.
Dios bendiga a cada uno de ustedes, hermanos y hermanas en Cristo. Reciban esta oración de invocación. Dios de toda gracia y nueva vida en Cristo Jesús. Te pedimos, Señor, que vuelvas tu rostro hacia nosotros en este momento, en este tiempo de servicio, de adoración. Favorécenos con tu gracia. Calienta nuestros corazones, Señor, y revuelve nuestro espíritu. Haz que este tiempo te podamos glorificar, glorificar tu nombre. Y prepáranos, Señor, para el futuro, hasta que un día, Señor, podamos ver aquí en la tierra lo que es allá en los cielos. Amén. Brothers and sisters, receive this prayer of invocation. God of great and new life in Jesus Christ, we ask that you turn your face to us now in this time of worship. Favor us with your grace, warm our heart and stir our spirit. May this time glorify your name and prepare us to move forward into your future. Until one day we see you will done and earn as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen and Amen. worship led by Reverend Moon Young Lee, our Hawaii District Superintendent, followed by the first scripture reading of the day from Reverend Mark Nakagawa, our West District Superintendent, leading into our first reflection by Reverend Ken Walden, the lead pastor of Holman United Methodist Church on the West District. Come, all the earth, and sing to the Lord a new song, a song of praise, a song of peace, and a song of hope. For God makes all things new. Come and make a joyful noise unto the Lord this day. 
for the old has gone and the new is here. Come, sing to the Lord a new song, and together let us worship God. Hear now Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. Hello, my name is Ken Walden senior pastor of Holman United Methodist Church, located here in Los Angeles, California. And I am happy to share with you a meditation, a reflection in response to Psalm 148. We find the psalmist reminding us to praise the Lord, to say amen, to say hallelujah. And I think that is that is an important message for us to remember on this day, during this season of our lives. You and I, we need to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Now, I know that the enemy would like for us to become fixated on complaining. The enemy wants us to look at every cup half empty rather than half full. And trust me, I am not uh, relating to you in a Pollyannish kind of way. I am not naive to the serious challenges that you and I, we've encountered and we face on a daily basis. I am aware that COVID-19 pandemic, it has taken lives in the disease has impacted lives in very severe ways. And God's blessings upon our country and the world that's dealing with the tragic realities of that disease. But I am so glad that God's love and God's presence in God's comfort cannot be stopped by COVID-19 pandemic. For the psalmist reminds us that even in the midst of pandemics, God's love, God's care, God's grace, it's still with us. Now, I know that the enemy would like us to complain about the political instability and the polarization that's taking place across our country and across the globe. But the psalmist reminds us that God's love, that God's power, it endures past political term limits. God's love and God's justice, it reigns over any political perceived dynasties. The psalmist reminds us to praise the Lord. During this season, may this Christmas season become a new season in all of our lives. And I know that we praise a lot of things, for the Webster's Dictionary informs us that praise can be described and defined as one giving honor, one giving a compliment, 
And we as people of faith, we give honor and we give compliments to a lot of different things. For we at Holman United Methodist Church, located in the heart of Los Angeles, California, we have given some praise, some compliments, some honor to our Los Angeles Lakers for winning the basketball championship because we are proud of that team. We have also given some honor and praise to the Los Angeles Dodgers for winning the baseball championship. And we join millions of other people around the country and around the globe lifting up those teams. But my brothers and sisters, wherever you are, do not forget about giving praise and honor to our God. Wherever you are, do not forget about lifting up the name of our God, especially in the form of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For our Lord deserves the honor. Our Lord deserves the praise. Just think about where you were, some of you, 20 years ago. Wasn't God good? Just think about where you were for some of you 10 years ago. Wasn't God good? Others of us can think about where we were not a decade ago, but one year ago. Some of you are thanking God for what God has done to you not one year ago, but one month ago, one week. The songwriter and the song singer once sung the melody, what a difference a day makes. What a difference our God makes in our lives. What a difference our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ makes in our circumstances, in our situations. There's a new day. There's a new theme. There's a new season. And I pray God's blessings upon new beginnings in your lives. And let our beginning start and end with praising God. God's blessings upon your life, God's blessings upon your journey. And wherever you are during this Christmas season, may it include praising God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you are doing. And thank you for what you will do in our lives and in the world. So God's blessings upon you. May God's angels always surround you. And may we always remember what the psalm mistold us in 148. Praise the Lord. And the church says amen and amen and amen. Let us move now into a time of prayer led by the Reverend Melissa McKinnon, our East District Superintendent followed by an original song presented by the Reverend Paul Tangonen, pastor of the Crescenta Valley United Methodist Church on the North District. Let us pray. Oh God, you are the hope of all the ends of the earth, the God of the spirits of all flesh. Hear our humble intercession for all races and families on earth, that you will turn all hearts to yourself, Remove from our minds hatred, prejudice, and contempt for those who are not of our own race or color, class or creed, that departing from everything that estranges and divides, we may be brought by you into a unity of the spirit in a bond of peace. We pray for our global community, we pray for the brokenness of our lives and the world. We pray for those living in the midst of violence. We pray for those living in poverty. We pray for those who make efforts towards peace. We pray to trust the validity of our experience. We pray for the call within us to be renewed once again and that you, our creator, would bring forth hope. Amen.
give me hope for every day. You light up my world and help me see the way God created it to be. So take my hand and walk with me. You are the light. If you've ever wandered, searching for truth, sometimes alone and confused, there is one you need to know to finally be set free. Jesus Christ who lives for you and me. created it to be. So take my hand and walk with me. You are the light. You live a life of wonder, a joy you've never known. Let Jesus come into your heart and soul. He'll give truth, will give you strength, and never go away. A lamp unto your feet to walk each day. You are the light, you are the way. You give me hope for every day. You light up my world and help me see the way God created it to be. So take my hand and walk with me. You are the light. Of many things that matter, of all there is to know, there's just one truth that finally makes you whole. Through Jesus, God has loved you. Our epistle reading is shared with us by our North District Superintendent, the Reverend Jim Powell, followed by our second reflection from the Reverend Trudy Robinson, lead pastor of the First United Methodist Church in San Diego. Our epistle reading today comes from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave but a child, and if a child, then also an heir through God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. Amen. 
If I were to say to you bacon, you'd say eggs. If I were to say ladies, you'd say gentlemen. If I were to say hammer, nail, shoes, socks, peanut butter, jelly. There are just some words that go together. Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, uses two words that don't seem to go together at all, law and adoption. I suppose there is a law that prevents you from claiming a child as your own. There are procedures to follow and, and rules, the process for adoption. But other than that, I'm not sure there's much of a connection between law and adoption. Law conjures up words like obedience, punishment, must, shall, do, don't. Adoption conjures up words like family, mother, father, baby, belonging, love. Paul uses the word child, but when he's talking about the law, he uses the word slave. Slave is not a child. A strange thing happened to my daughters as they grew up. They became me, <laughs> taking on some of my quirks and tendencies and habits. When they were little, I had rules that they had to clean their room and write thank you notes after birthdays and Christmases. <laughs> That's just what you did. That was the rule. If you got a gift, you wrote a thank you note. If you had a room, you took care of it. Now. As adults, my daughters have clean houses and they write thank you notes. I'm pretty sure that it's not because I hold any kind of parental authority over their lives now. They are 28 and 30 years old. But I think it's because those rules created for them a sense of responsibility and order that they found to be good. I think those rules fostered in them relationships and the sense of gratitude. I suppose it's not surprising that my daughters became like me. I became like my mother. <laughs> well, my father too, actually. When I was young, my parents made me go to church. They made me go to Sunday school. I didn't always want to. And yet, by making me do those things, following those rules, I had a community that was nurtured for me, that I belonged to as I matured. Those rules nurtured for me an understanding of mystery and love within a faith tradition that grew to become and is still my home. I wonder if Mary's parents made her follow the rules, you know, maybe write thank you notes after her bat mitzvah or clean a room before the Sabbath, read the Torah, consider the prophets, say her prayers. She had to have obeyed some rules, some laws, in order to create the space that allowed her to receive God as she did. And those rules would have nurtured within her the hope about which she sang in the Magnificat. I guess that's the connection between law and adoption. Follow the rules, and in doing so, something is created in you that changes you. That's a big shift. It's a shift from doing something because you're told to do something and doing something because you want to. It's a shift between acting out of fear and responding because of love. It's a shift between obeying and belonging. It's a shift from a slave to a child. That shift doesn't happen overnight. It sometimes takes years in the fullness of time. But no such shift is needed on God's part. There was never a time when I didn't fiercely love my daughters, even as I made them follow the rules. And God has always fiercely loved us. 
God has said through the prophets, I, I have written your name on the palm of my hand. The angel told Mary, do not be afraid. Jesus told his disciples, what greater love is there? And Paul wrote to the church, you are God's children. New Year's is the time where we make resolutions, you know, set those goals, name those things that we know we should probably do in order to become the people we want to become, and yet somehow haven't quite managed to do so. Maybe this year, as you consider your goals for the coming year, you might think about finding the things you should do in order to nurture the realization of the fact that you are God's child. It's the difference between law and adoption. For many, it's the difference between life and death. And I'm quite sure it's the difference between the kingdom of God in heaven and on earth. Thanks be to God. Amen. Pastors Mona Lisa and Langi Lolohea of the Conference and East District Leadership now share special music, leading us into a time of confession and prayer with Aaron Hawkins, our new Executive Director of Connectional Ministries.
oh great God of grace, in this moment before we can receive your grace, we must confess that we do not come before you having earned your favor by our good actions. We confess that we've not loved our enemies. We confess that we've not forgiven fully those who feel wronged by us. We confess that we think more about our own needs than the needs of others, especially those less fortunate than us. Trusting in your love, we come before you now in silent confession to lift to you the burdens of our hearts. Hear now these words of assurance. Through the unconditional love of God in the person of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. We are forgiven. Thanks be to God. And now let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Reverend John Farley, our South District Superintendent, now shares the gospel message for today followed by a music solo from the Reverend San Palmier of Borrego Springs United Methodist Church, which leads us into our third and final reflection by Bishop Grant Hagia. The gospel lesson this morning is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Ashur. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after their marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Oh, Lord, is my 
Hear these words from Luke 2, verse 40. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Remember for a moment when somebody affirmed you, not for something you necessarily did or performed well, but affirmed you for who you are, your personhood. Now, if it has been too long ago, or you've never had that happen, call or email me, and I'll do that for you. Now, think of how such an affirmation made you feel. Isn't that the most special of feelings, this being affirmed? And because it's so special, why don't we do this more often? In the Luke's text for today, the infant Jesus is brought to the temple, as is Jewish law, to be presented to the Lord and to be blessed. What a, a beautiful ritual that is. While there at the temple, an unusual thing happened. A stranger to Mary and Joseph, the devout Simeon, has a kairos moment in that all of his life he's been looking for the Messiah, and upon seeing Jesus, knows instantly that he is the Christ and blesses first God, then Jesus, 
and finally, Mary and Joseph. Also in this text, the prophet Anna, who lives night and day in the temple, sees the glory in Jesus and again praises God and the child and then spreads this news to all she encounters. In this scripture, Jesus is triply blessed, first by God, then by Simeon, and then by Anna. Because of these blessings, the text ends with this account. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. You know, in some ways, Jesus leans into this divinity through these blessings and countless more that would come his way. We have a chance to do this very same thing by blessing and affirming those we come into contact every single day. For myself growing up in the church, I can vividly remember all the times people would come up to me and affirm me, mostly by saying, have you ever considered going into the ministry? I would always put them off at that time, but cumulatively, these blessings added up. And as much as I wanted to run away from this calling, God was directing me ever so cleverly towards the ministry. Now, upon graduation from college, I was blessed with many options. I had the opportunity to go to law school. I thought about the FBI Academy. And finally, I centered on getting an MA and then a PhD and teaching at the graduate level. I was enrolled in a graduate program towards that goal when God intervened. This, the summer before this, I, I was to enter. Um, I went into uh, to be a counselor at a UMC summer camp. And I was just swept away by that ministry. The dean of that camp, Reverend Peter Chen, said to me, why are you messing around with that kind of career? Why don't you come to L.A.? I'll, I'll get you into seminary and I'll get you a job as a youth pastor. Now, I never did anything in my life on a whim. Everything was always well thought out for me. And for some reason this time, I said, OK. Now, my plan was I was only going to do this for a year check it out, and then go back to that graduate program as I made arrangements for delaying it one year. Well, one year became three years. I ended up graduating seminary and taking my first church. As I think back to why this all came about, it comes back to first God and God's affirmation, and then affirmations from my pastors and mentors and all of you who became Simeon's and Anna's in my life. Never underestimate the power of affirming and a blessing those who you meet on a regular basis. Let me close with this. At the end of one of our annual conference sessions in the Pacific Northwest where I started out, remember you remember those annual conference sessions? <laughs> Two young um, junior high girls came up to me and said they would like to become bishops of the church. I affirmed them and blessed them. But then I asked, why would you want to become a bishop? One of them, without missing a beat, replied, well, we see what you do up there, and we can do that. <laughs> for sure. For sure, I said, as they really could. And I know someday they will fulfill that goal or other goals for their lives. But it all starts with God and then our affirmations. What can you do to affirm and bless someone this coming week? May the Lord be with you. Amen. And now receive this gift of praise from the Faith Devotion Band of Faith United Methodist Church in Torrance on the West District, the Reverend Allison Mark, lead pastor, which will be followed by a modern affirmation of faith shared by the many voices of our presenters today.
an affirmation of faith for the self-exiled during the COVID-19 pandemic. We believe in God the Almighty, who hovered in love over the primeval chaos and uttered creation into existence out of a holy mess. We believe in the one who breathed the breath of life into human and engendered the primal family and community into being. We believe in the magnificent signature of God's image in every being, signed in infinite variety and sewn in multicolored splendor, even when it is difficult, humanly difficult, to experience it in our damaged bodies. We believe in the self-revelatory signature of God in Jesus Christ, who came to restore healing and wholeness into every fiber of our existence. We believe in Jesus Christ, who came to show that salvation is healing and wholeness, and who opened our eyes that we may see each other into God's image, beyond the troubling stereotyping and systemic use of race, ethnicity, class, sexuality, disability, and other identity markers to divide and fragment us. We believe in Jesus, who came to open our hearts to the God who so loved the world and who calls forth discipleship, from among us to the alleviation of human suffering, that we may see the whole of ours as never before, as a God-loved, God-breathed, and God-reconciled world. We believe in the crucified God who embraces with his wounded arms those who die alone at this time. We believe in the resurrected Savior who invites us to touch his wounds. If we lack belief during these times of paralyzing fear and numbing trauma, we believe in the Holy Spirit who fosters connected relationships across the divides while we sit with ourselves. We believe in the Holy Spirit who always pushes the church to reach out to the margins and enter into the exilic homes through the gifts of technology, nudging each of us to birth hope and resilience. We also believe 
that the digital divide is human-created and greed-sponsored, and the frontline workers embody flesh-and-blood communication. We believe that beyond the ravages of time and this pandemic, we will be restored into wellness and wholeness with different understandings of what it is to be the church in the world. We believe that one day we will be fully restored into God's image and God's healed body. The wholeness will be the theme of the great orchestral music of the church and the cosmos. Until then, we will build bridges of healing and reconciliation with each other and God's creation. Therefore, we will commit ourselves every day to healing and wholeness until that day. Amen. In conclusion, receive this benediction from our bishop, followed by the organ postlude of Aaron Shows, organist of First United Methodist Church of Pasadena. As you leave this service, know that you've been affirmed and blessed by God unconditionally. And being so loved as you go about your week, make an intentional effort to affirm and bless those you encounter. May we spread this great love and joy that we have received. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.